Business of Design. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. The Business of Design podcast offers immediate, actionable strategies and a glimpse into some of the many field-tested, proven systems you can implement to transform your business and your life. After the show, head to businessofdesign.com and get started with the BOD 15-step project management strategy and six foundational programs. Together, they deliver the systems, procedures, and strategies you need to run a successful, highly profitable design business. There's no theory here. The complete BOD business model is yours through Business of Design membership. Business of Design. There's only one. And now, your BOD Advocate-in-Chief, Kimberly Selden. fabulous design professional. You're in the right place. This is business of design. And I have a question for you. Have you had your dream job yet? Now, I know you can have more than one dream job, right? I also know dream jobs, the definition of them anyway, can change as you evolve, as your business grows, as you learn new things. I've recently had a couple of jobs that I think of as my dream jobs because they were ideal clients who let me be the expert on the project. Remember the mantra, I am the expert, I am the prize, I'm on a mission to help, I can only help if I lead, right? That's important. And I felt valued and respected in those relationships and the work we did was celebrated at the end, not just by me, but by the clients and by every trade who worked on the project. In fact, we recently, one of my dream jobs, we recently hosted a party for all of our trades. I think I mentioned it in the interview. It was so much fun. People brought their kids, they brought friends, everybody left with a gift. It was just an extraordinary moment where we all got to let our hair down and play and have fun and not be worried about how to solve the next problem in front of us. And so many of my trades who left said, thank you so much. Designers often tell them they're going to host a party, but it's never happened before. So I thought, wow, it was such a small amount of effort on our part to throw this party And I think what we've gotten out of it already is so much goodwill back into our community. And I'm so grateful for that. The guest we have today has her dream job and is big. And by big, I mean huge, enormous. And one of the coolest parts about it is Michelle says she got this dream job because of her reliance on the BOD 15. One of her A-team said... She was the least diva designer they had ever worked with, and they met someone at Wahali and put her name forward. I love doing this podcast because you guys come on and just shower us with love, but I just want to say thank you for sharing that, Michelle, for sure. The fact of the matter is, whether you have a small job, one job, 20 jobs, or one huge job, you have to be able to rely on a couple of things if you want to succeed. One of them is a process for running the project. I use the BOD 15. I mean, I just call it my 15 steps. I use my 15 steps on tiny jobs and big jobs. Nothing quite as big as what Michelle's going to describe, but still. And in fact, if you're in a situation where you crave more exciting projects, bigger projects, your dream job, 
you will 100% need to rely on a system to run the project. You won't be able to wing it successfully. Something else jobs need, large or small, an A team, a reliable team of experts who have your back, who do what they say they're going to do, who charge reasonable prices, and who will be able to deliver on the brand experience you want your clients to have. Because every single person who comes on that job site is either polishing your halo or tarnishing it. Michelle Burbage is the owner and principal designer at M. Burbage & Co. Michelle is known for bringing a fresh eye and a storied look to high-end custom homes and distinctive commercial projects. She believes all design decisions should be made with conviction, keeping quality and longevity in mind. She also has a custom lighting company, and she's designing light fixtures for Sienna. All the information about Michelle and her projects and her lighting company can be found in the show notes. Definitely check her out on Instagram. She's mburbageco.com and Sienna Lighting, C-I-A-N-A Lighting. It's a good conversation, and it really has reminded me over the past few weeks since we recorded the conversation to be more mindful around my trades, to slow down a minute, to ask how they are, to connect in a meaningful way, because eventually you'll need them to help you out. And here's a situation that happened to us this morning. The contractor sent us an invoice for the first draw, and his number doesn't match our number. Long story short, when we deducted something from the original proposal, he did not indicate that the number he told us we could deduct included his markup. So long story short, we're $2,000 apart in what we think we owe each other. And I can see how the mistake happened. On his end, he wasn't clear and our on our end, we made an assumption. We do so many jobs with this contractor and we have such a good relationship. I was able to pick up the phone and say, hey, what are we going to do to resolve this? We're not going to donate $2,000. I can't go back to the client in this case. I know you don't want to donate $2,000. What can we do? And we came up with a creative way. We could gain that money back within the project without making any compromises and everybody wins. That's not going to happen if I'm working with trades I don't know well, or God forbid, I'm working with the client's trades, right? That's no dream job, not in my case anyway. I really don't like that situation. But there are times when you're in that situation. I understand that. For many design professionals, they do not want to lead the entire project. And in that case, I say, great, totally understand, but you're still the lead on everything you're responsible for. That doesn't let you off the hook in terms of leading. And I agree with what Michelle says. All design decisions should be made with conviction. Easier said than done, right? Ah, yes. Anyway, you're in the right place. I'm in the right place. Hope you're having a great summer if you're listening to this in the summertime during its original airing. And 
I sincerely hope you are going to sign up to learn the BOD-15 in Toronto or in Winchester. I'm coming to a city near you in October. Santa Monica is already sold out, but we have seats available for Toronto and Winchester. Save the dates. Toronto is October 4th and 5th, and D.C. or Winchester is October 25th and 26th. We'd love to see you there. You're going to work really hard, and I promise at the end of the two days, it will all come together, and you will be in a position to take your dream job when the opportunity comes. Quick announcements from Cheryl, and then right into the show. Well, since you already mentioned the BOD 15 seminars coming up in October, I will skip right to the details. We will be in Toronto October 4th and 5th, and then Winchester for those in the DC area on October 25th and 26th. Details are on the website, but it is two very full days uh, going through the complete BOD 15. Pricing is currently $21.95 because you're going to save $200 and that ends on July 31st. And then members save an additional $200 off their ticket. So make sure if you're thinking about registering, you check that out. You get in on early bird pricing and of course, member pricing and space is limited. And then happening tomorrow, July 19th, is our next BOD Live member meeting. If you have questions, feel free to send them to me in advance. I'm happy to ask them on your behalf if you are enjoying the summer and are not able to join us live. Uh, Otherwise, we hope that you will sign into your member dashboard and join us for that conversation. We're looking forward to it. Talk to you soon. Michelle, great to see you. Great to see you again, Kimberly. Life is good. I understand uh, your first building in this mega project you have. The first building is almost complete. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. Um, we're going to open June 1st for some outdoor events, and then the, the interior and everything will be done July, August. Hopefully all my upholstery shows up. Any deeper into the show, I should tell you about this project Michelle is working on. You may have heard her mention it in episode 323, Design Adjacent, where she appeared with her husband, Brandon. But the size and scale of this project is enormous. It's called Wahali. It is a Cherokee name that honors the eagle, which is a sacred symbol in Native American culture. Wahali is situated outside Park City, Utah. It's an exclusive golf resort community, and it spans 5,000 acres, right, in the Utah mountains. 5,000 acres, 500,000 square feet of amenity buildings, 300 village homes, and the homes aren't small. They're three to 7,000 square feet each a couple of pool houses, you've got all the exercise amenities, a lake house, restaurants, shops, there's even a little ski resort. It's so big, I can't even wrap my mind about it. And Michelle says it's so big, if she doesn't want to, she never has to work for anyone else ever again. Admittedly, Michelle's in a slightly different position than most of us who have multiple clients each year, but mind-bending, right? Let's get back to the interview. 
I think I have enough on my hands. I think you may have enough. Yeah. And this is a perfect uh, lead into a conversation we wanted to have, which is about an A-team. If there was ever a time when you needed an A-team, it's when you have, I don't know, how many acres of project? 5,000. 5,000 acres. That's when you need an A-team, right? You're going to, you're going to get, right. Anyways, it's big. It's big. That sounds big. Yeah. Um, but you're going to need those people that you rely on. And not only, not only is this a career defining moment for you, and probably you'll never have to look for another job again, but for many of your A team, that could turn out to be what happens for them as well. Like you may end up with a full time carpenter, full time electrician, full time plumber, you know, or many of them, which is really exciting. It's really exciting. So my A team is, is vital for this job. And, and in two aspects, I got this job because of my A-team. So I worked with the same cabinet guy for years and years and years. And then he um, ended up changing jobs and went to do some other things. I kept working, which, let me back up. His cabinet company was a family business. Okay, so he left the family business and started doing some other projects. And I kept working with that firm there because I love that those cabinet makers they're fantastic and um anyways then he got hired at Wahali as a director of interior construction and uh, when they hired him he said hey guys I mean this is fantastic but I I can't do pillows and like I I don't who's going to pick the paint and who's going to pick the flooring and who's going to pick the tile and, and and um so they they decided they needed a designer and he said, Well, I I think we should talk to the um what did he say? I think I was the least diva designer he knew of all the designers that he had worked with over the years at his cabinet company. Right. And so um I had there were there was a design firm that got fired before me and they had interviewed two others. Right. And then I was the third one to be interviewed and um And that's how I got the job. Now that you have the job, what's something you didn't anticipate? The thing that I didn't expect that has surprised me is the attention that this job is getting from some of my suppliers. I guess I was naive to how big it is. So I have vice presidents of sales of five different corporations right now stalking me. (laughs) I mean, they're not. They're fantastic. But I mean, appliance people faucet people, lighting people, oh, yeah. um, oh, who, uh, furniture companies, you know, like retail furniture companies, these, they're after me, they want the job. And what's been so great about that is that they're working for me now mm-hmm. and I don't have to pay them. So they're part of my A team and part of my network, but I can call up my plumbing guy and say, you know, I need to see six different faucets in a brushed brass and I need to see them by tomorrow Mm -hmm. and I need them in these styles and sure enough what happens it gets delivered to me so it's fantastic that because if if you can keep those relationships strong and have mutual respect for your a-team it's so reciprocal they'll work for you and you'll work for them and it'll end up being so fantastic 
Well, and you get, you become kind of on, on a smaller scale from everybody, most people listening, I assume on a small scale, you get to know each other so well. And so if my plumber's on site and the client has a question or whatever, they kind of know me so well that they know what I might say. So, right. So they can respond or they can, they know me so well that they'll call and say, mm, I didn't like the tone of this question. I think you might have a client who's, you know, itchy. You better give them a call or right. Like there's yeah. so much benefit to getting that relationship sorted and keeping it strong. I agree. And you know what I think fine that, that, that does that, that helps your relationship get really strong is to give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. So on every job that you ever come up on. I don't care if it's new construction or it's a remodel. There's always going to be some sort of an issue. There's always a problem. There's always something unexpected. And if your subcontractor is the one that comes up with the fabulous solution to the problem, they love having you say that to the client in front of them and giving them that credit. And then what will happen is exactly what you just said, is that if they ever talk to the client and you're not there, They'll give you the credit that is due to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was Kimberly's idea. She came up with that. She fixed this problem. You know, I mean, it's so it's exactly what you were just saying a minute ago. They'll, it's so reciprocal. They'll give it right back to you. Yeah. And th- those those relationships, as much as they can benefit you, they can really hurt you if you're if you're treating them like it's a hierarchy and you're the boss and they work for you, and they shouldn't ask questions, they should just do what you say, you're going to find yourself in trouble. So it goes back to um, something you said on the last podcast, which was you you have to stay curious, you have to stay educated, you have to ask questions. I don't know what the electrician's constraints are. I think move that fixture over there. That sounds easy to me, but I'm not an electrician. You might say, oh, here's 28 reasons why we can't do that. You know, So I need to ask them sometimes. What's a solution? This is what I'm looking for. What what solution would you come up with for that? I think that it is really important to sometimes just be quiet and learn. When I first started, I didn't understand millwork very well, you know. And I remember showing up, and the the builder that was on that was doing the job hired this master craftsman that was about to retire, and he was going on and on and on one day. And I remember standing there thinking, I don't understand anything he's saying. So I just furiously started taking notes. And then I went home and like Googled all the things that he was saying so that I could figure out what he was saying. But now I can hold a conversation with any master mill worker guy. You know, I can, because I took the time to stop and listen and learn. Mm-hmm. And they did that, right? So, Yeah, they appreciate that. Absolutely. Especially if you say, um, I think something that's really worked for me is to say, you know, I'm really confident in my design, but I'd love to hear your perspective. And, and if you've got, you know, your experience has shown that something else could work better then I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I want to say back to a comment you made a minute ago is that if you do treat them poorly or you do sort of act like you're above them, it can really hurt your relationships. And I almost lost a fantastic relationship with a really good plumbing firm because I was almost really snippy with a guy for leaving early one day. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I could have really wrecked that relationship, you know, and then the next time that that plumber gets a phone call and they need to recommend a designer, they're certainly not going to recommend me. 
Right. Or the next time you need a favor, they're going to go, hmm, I remember that comment you made. So how I can be guilty of being hyper-focused on the goal. I need this thing done. And what that means sometimes is I'm not as personable as I should be to my trades. I have to remind myself to stop and say, hello, how are you? It won't kill me to say, how was your weekend? What right? did you do? What? What did you do this weekend? Right? But I, I I truly have to remind myself of that. Act like a human being. Slow down for two seconds. Right? So how, do you do that too? Do you have much of a close personal relationship with your A-team? And how does that, how do you develop that? Yeah, you know, I think it's important that I don't, I don't necessarily hang out with my A-team on the, on the weekends, you know. Um, but I think it's important to know about their life. So um, I just learned a couple of weeks ago that my new electrician um, at Wahali is like a competitive barbecue master. Like he goes to barbecue competitions on the weekends. That's so cool. I don't know anyone who does that. Yeah. And another guy throws axes in his spare time. <laughs> so um, just asking a question once in a while and then remembering it and doing a follow-up. So now it's important that I said, what'd you do last weekend? And Chris said, oh, I, you know, I was in Arizona at a barbecue competition. So then when I see him in a couple of weeks, I can say, hey, when's your next competition? What are you going to cook? Right. Just showing that little bit mm-hmm. shows that you care about them. Um, a couple of months ago, I was talking to a, uh, one of my subcontractors and he had said to me that he had found out that who he thought was his dad was not his dad. And so he had no idea. Like, big, right. Big bomb. That's kind of a bomb. And I was like, oh, shoot, what do I do with this information? But then he had said to me, I'd like to really know what my what my origins are from. And so I went online. I spent $100 and I bought him an ancestry kit. Aww. And I left it on his workbench. And I didn't even write a card. I just wrote two bill on it. And I left it on his workbench. He found me three days ago. This sweet man like almost teary I mean he's like a rough and tumble contractor and he was almost teary and he was like thank you so much I can't wait to find out where I'm from that's so sweet that is the kind of thing yeah your contractors will remember you I don't care if that means on Fridays you show up with a case of beer or on Monday mornings you show up with six coffees Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter but just taking a minute to recognize that they are more than labor you know, and that they have families and that they have concerns and they have stressors. If you can just take a few minutes to recognize them as craftsmen and as people, they're going to, they're going to do everything they can for you. I'm hosting a party in June at a project and I'm inviting all my trades and they're all so excited about it. So I'm I'm inviting all the trades from all the projects. Not some of them didn't even work on this particular project, but it just works out. The clients are great. They don't care. It's being catered and all that kind of stuff. But I find if I do that once in a while, it goes such a long way, just such a long way. They never get to see the finished job, right? They come in halfway and they see their part, but they never get to see the whole thing all done with the artwork hanging and all the last pillow in place and all that kind of stuff. 
So I'm going to really spoil them and everybody's going to go home with a gift. I can't, haven't quite figured out that, but I, and I don't have much time. I got to get on this, but yeah, that reminds me. It's really important to maintain that human connection with your trades and to understand that they have a life too. It's not just about me, is it? And if you can do an event like that, I think it really matters too. If, if possible, it's also fun to let people invite their families. If it's sort of open house style, you know, that they can bring their kids and be like, this is what I do all day. You know, I mean, it, it can be a really amazing thing just to let people brag about themselves for five minutes. Yeah. Give them a minute. What would yeah. you say to that person who's listening who says, oh, great for you guys. You have your A-team, but I'm really struggling. I can't find my A-team. What advice would you give that person? How can they get that first first a team member well i think it's it's definitely about relationships sometimes it's not what you know but who you know and so you have to be willing to put yourself out there a little bit ask lots of questions admit that you don't have an a team so if you let's say you have a fantastic electrician and you could say to him hey listen i really trust you i really like working with you on some of your other jobs who's a plumber that you see on site that you really like or um, ask a siding guy if he knows a roofer that is that is really reputable. Or ask for those connections because connections are really important. And sometimes online connections work, but really, and I think in our industry, it's on-site connections that are really more important. If you don't have anyone and you're just starting, I would go visit job sites. I mean, get scrappy. Drive around in a neighborhood of the kind of homes that you want to be building and the projects you want to be working on and walk in there and talk to the guy that's plastering the wall. Yeah. You know, talk to the guy that's, you know, doing the flat work of the concrete outside. Just say, hey, I'm new. Here's my card. I'm trying to make some good contacts. I noticed that your work here is really good. Do you, you know, can I have your card so that when I have an, my next job, I have someone to call. So it's, Boots on the ground, hard work. Get out there, talk to people. Um, I would say local magazines might help with that a little bit, you know, to see advertisements, local shops, even furniture stores. Yeah. Because a lot of times furniture stores will have in-house designers. And while they may not be doing construction, they probably know finish workers and they probably know painters and they probably know good cabinet companies and they're going to know good drapery people. Yeah. You know, so I would just say you just have to start talking and you've got to get out there and yeah. introduce yourself to people. And like you said, once you get one, they will lead you to others. They'll Absolutely. they'll figure out that you're nice to work with and they'll tell their friends to come and work with you too, or those trades that they work with on every single job. But what you just said is important. You have to be nice to work with. Yeah. 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 But you know, sometimes you have to be firm too. Like that's, that's it. It's tricky, right? You like, you do have to have boundaries. You do have to make sure you're running a, a business that, you know, runs on time and on budget. So there have been times where we had somebody we thought was an A team member who turned into a B or a C, you know, and then there have been other times where somebody was kind of a B, but they stepped it up and became an A when they saw what that meant and what that looked like. So like everything, nothing's going to be fixed in stone. I have I have about four trades that I've had since the 90s. Wow. That's a long time. In fact, we jo- I just saw my painter on a job site last week and he said, well, what, what are we doing? Are we still working? Because we made a pack like 20 years ago. I'll retire when you retire. So he's <laughs> like, I want to still work. You want to still, I'm like, absolutely. I want to still work. He's like, okay, okay. I'm just, just checking in, just checking in. 
Well, I think what you said is really important, but I think there's a difference in being personable and caring about people and being firm, you know, and if you care about them and you have shown an interest in their life, then when you are firm and you're direct, because I'm telling you what, it's just so much easier to be direct. Don't beat around the bush. Just say it how it is. Let the people digest it and then you'll move along faster. But when you have to be direct, when you say to them, you know what? You guys are doing great work, but you're taking them way too long. I need you to, I need you to move along a little bit faster. Or you have to have those direct moments. They're going to respond better if you've been kind along the way. I'm so glad you brought that up. I want to take us down one more path, which has to do with language and management styles. And I'm going to, this is grossly generaliz- generalizing, but I've seen a lot of f- females on a job site with men resort to kind of like, oh, I'm so weak. I don't know how to do anything. You're just so like, don't do that. Don't manipulate. Mm -hmm. Being direct is really important if you want to gain the respect of your trades, right? You you know, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, you're so, you know, geez, sorry to bother you because I know you're so important and la, 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 la. But if you could maybe do this thing for me, it would really help me. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. In fact, I um, did a career night for a youth group a couple nights ago. And they asked, you know, one of the questions was, what is it like day to day? And I'm like, you know what? Or what was the, the question was day to day. And then the other question was, does anything gross or weird ever happen? And I said, well, I just, I see a lot of plumber crack and electrician crack, but but other than that, like nothing gross ever really happens on my jobs, you know, but, but, the, but I had to say to them, I work mostly with men. I mean, when I'm at Sienna and I'm designing lighting, I get the incredible opportunity to work with other designers, which I love. But when I'm just at my design firm, I don't, I work with mostly men. I mean, there's a couple of women in our trade. I know a great woman plumber and I've got a, one of our inspectors locally as a woman. And I love it when I get to see them, but acting like a damsel in distress isn't going to get you anywhere and it's not going to get you any respect. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what you're talking about, Google it before you go or show up on site and sit still and just pay attention to the things that are happening around you to learn. But I couldn't agree with you more. There's acting like a victim or acting like you're less than is not a good way to run your business. But I do think there's space to say, I'm confident in what I've got here but I'm willing to hear other ideas. Yeah. I like how you, I like how you word that. I really do. So Michelle, you know, we end every episode with design intervention. What comes to mind? Hmm. Well, you know, it's funny that you just brought that up because I, my design intervention, I think would be um, right along those lines of value and worth and not, you know, understanding your worth. Um, I don't think that Instagram, my my design intervention is kind of around Instagram. I don't feel like Instagram is a good measurement tool for success. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of designers, especially young designers, get really overwhelmed with what's out there on the internet. And if I'm not posting a new project in fabulous photography weekly, then I must not be any good or I'm never going to find success. Mm -hmm. I'm terrible at Instagram. Mm -hmm. I never utilized it. Um, I probably need to now that I'm going to have a lighting line and I want people to buy it. So I I need to probably jump into it a little bit more. But um, if you've got time, I want to tell you a quick story. I was scrolling Instagram one day and I saw this designer's story and she was 
on a road trip with her team and they were going to do an out of town install. And it was like, so it looked so fabulous. And I was had a little pity party for a minute. Like, I don't have any photography to post this month. I don't have any, you know, I was feeling really badly about myself. Well, then I turned on, I think it was the Cherish podcast. And I heard a designer, a very well-known designer say that he wished he could get a hotel job. And I was like, whoa, I have a hotel job. What am I doing? Why was I feeling bad for myself? I was comparing myself. And then I got thinking, I've done out-of-town installs. Oh my gosh, that's so much work. That lady is not posting that she's not sleeping and that she's eating like peanuts because they don't have time to go out and get food. You know what I mean? Like it just is, I was caught myself, even after all these years, this was like six months ago, I caught myself in the comparison. Yeah. I'd also say that you should, with what you do put on Instagram, keep a focus for what your goals are. I mean, if your goal is that you want collaborations and you want to get into product design, then you're going to post different things than if you just want to be a really good member of your community and help the people in your community. Yeah. Their homes. So think about what you're posting and, and don't measure your success based on your followers, because I'm telling you what, I know a lot of really good designers who don't do anything on Instagram. Right. And then I know a lot of working. <laughs> and I know other designers that have 30,000 followers and they mostly repost other people's stuff and yeah. they don't, you know what I mean, so I would just say, don't let Instagram measure your worth. Yeah. I like that. Good advice. Well, we definitely want to stay in touch and I want to see photos of your mega project as it comes to life over the years. We're going to be so excited to root for you. And thank you so much. It was great seeing you. Great seeing you again, Kimberly. I can't wait to meet you in person one day. I know, right? And I meant to ask you about Australia. We'll do that next time, maybe. It was great. (laughs) What about it? (laughs) Was it a great time? Oh my God. I love it there. It's fantastic. And the designers are really mature. Like they have pretty sophisticated, they're sophisticated in terms of how they run their business and the way that they deal with clients. Like it's just, it's just really cool to learn something else. And then they have, you know, very um, real logistical problems. Getting things to Australia is hard, right? It's similar. Canada, we're uh, getting product to Canada, all of our population is spread across the southern border, right? And it's it's very far apart. It's a very, very big country and we're far apart. So log- delivery and logistics and freight and customs and duty and all that stuff's a big deal. And the Australians feel that way too. So anyway, I'm, I can't wait to go back. I'll be going back. I think we're going back in April because we have one boss group that's having a meeting and then we have a second we have an australian group that's starting about bod boss australia starting which is really cool so i'm excited about that that was an event i wished i could have squeezed onto my calendar but it did not happen but i'm glad we had a april i'm in april (laughs) it sounds good sounds good thank you thank you so much enjoy the weekend okay you too awesome Bye. bye bye Thanks for listening and supporting the BOD mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. If you're ready to implement an exact business model for running a streamlined, profitable business, field tested by thousands of design professionals around the world, head to businessofdesign.com and get started today. It's time to dramatically improve your business and transform your life.